You are listening to the What Comes Next podcast, episode three. I'm Sydney Coffey, your host and life coach, and I'm very excited to bring today's episode to you. We're going to be talking about responsibility and how it is the ability to respond. Let's jump in. What's up, beautiful people? Welcome back. Another week, another episode. I'm so excited to be here. I'm so excited to talk about today's episode, and I think it's going to be some really good insights for you. So we are talking about responsibility. Responsibility with regards to your own emotional state, your own experience of life and the world and people around you, whether that be at work, at home, family situations, spouse, kids, whatever it is. Today is going to be applicable to all situations and all scenarios. So one of the reasons I'm so excited to talk about this is because this idea or this principle is one of the foundational tools that helped me stop being so angry all the time, right? I used to be very victim mentality, like have that victim mentality. And I was frustrated all the time. I was angry all the time. Nothing could ever go right. I could never get in front of the ball, right? Or maybe it felt like I was always in front of the ball and I had to keep sprinting and going. I could never be the one controlling the momentum. It was always a response to what was going on around me. It was never, it didn't feel like it was in my control or that I could ever figure out how to manipulate the momentum, right? I was always running for my life. So hearing this principle in this um, outlook, I guess, was really, really helpful for me. And so I'm excited to share it with you. So basically, responsibility is the ability to respond right? And it's as simple as it is. I've never heard the word broken up like that or thought about it like that. So that alone was a huge shift for me, right? Like the responsibility you have in a situation is your ability to respond, right? And there are two primal reflexes and reactions that we have, and it's either reacting or responding, Right, and in, if you're in that state of fight or flight, you're going to react. If you've been in a spot in your life that you've had to be defensive or prove yourself or fight for your worth or to be heard, whatever it is, then you're going to be very reactive. And I want you to think about and sit with how that those two terms feel in your body. So sit with reactive. How does reactive feel for you? Maybe sit down and write journal on that for a minute. But for me, reactive feels very explosive, very fast, very defensive, pushing away, right? Controlling, protective. That's what comes up for me with reactive. Now I want you to sit with responsive. How does responsive feel for you? For me, responsive feels slower, It feels controlled. It feels 
calculated comes up but obviously not in like a malicious way but you just take time to think before you respond it's less protective it's less defensive it's less offensive to others potentially right depending on your reaction reactive style but responses let you take a step back and think and actually engage your prefrontal cortex rather than that deep reactive primal brain right so that's what we're talking about today is how to get to the place where you can become responsive and have the ability to respond rather than react okay so one of my favorite examples of reaction versus responding is and it is kind of a gateway into how you think and how you are currently experiencing the world. It's one of my favorite analogies to use. But if somebody, I want you to think about this. If somebody walked up to you in public and said, hey, I really hate your blue hair, you would probably be a little bit confused, a little concerned for them, for you, all, all of the above. But it wouldn't strike a chord with you. You wouldn't be like, oh my gosh, who are you? This is none of your business what color my hair is unless you actually have blue hair. But if you don't, assuming you don't, and someone walks up to you and tells you how much your blue hair bothers them, you're going to check in with them, like, are you okay? And then very likely go about your day, right? It doesn't rock your world. You don't get rude. You don't, there's not an altercation. It doesn't stick with you for the rest of the day. Maybe it's something weird, but not something that's like, why the heck would they say that? Da, da, da. Because you don't, identify or relate with having blue hair right it doesn't bother you because it's not something that's true for you but if you're leaving the supermarket or the grocery store or whatever and someone comes up to you and says um that's a lot of processed food you should probably be more cautious or conscious conscious of what you buy if you already have that sitting in you Maybe it's not in your budget to buy fresh food, right? Maybe this is all you can afford or you're getting groceries for a neighbor, like something like that. But if it's true for you and something that you already think, that's when it causes a reaction. Does that make sense, right? Like if it's already something that you're consciously or subconsciously battling, fighting, worried about, then if someone else points it out, your brain finds that as evidence that you're right. Right? You do eat like crap. You don't care about your body. Why can't you do this, that, and the other better? Right? But if that same person came up and said they hate your blue hair and you don't have blue hair, it's not going to cause the same physiological reaction. Okay, so think about that. And I'm going to give you a five-step process as to how you can identify this and really kind of work through this step by step to start taking more responsibility instead of being reactive and then we're going to talk about why it's so important so the first step step one is observe without judgment so I want you to start in your day-to-day life becoming aware of when you are reactive when you have that hit of oh excuse me do you want to talk about it Like when you notice yourself getting riled up, and that could feel different for everyone. Me, I get a ping in the center of my chest. 
my cheek gets cheeks get warm and I start getting a little chippy you know a little cheeky like oh I'm sorry would you like to speak about that further right and not the most kind way but it could be different for you it could be different for everybody but for you I want you to start becoming aware of when you feel that trigger or when you feel that reaction come in and I want you to get very specific on what you feel and where you feel it where does it show up in your body where does your brain go do you start getting warm sweaty cold does your demeanor change right like are you more aggressive or do you kind of shrink back and stay away right so just be aware of that and start to find your patterns this is very important that you create the awareness before trying to fix it we don't want to jump in and say oh I'm being reactive I got to change this that and the other you have to create the space for the awareness first right so Step one is observe without judgment. Find your patterns. Is it when you're talking to specific coworkers? Is it around the same time every day? Is it with family? Is it with your partner, or your spouse, or your kids? Start to find and identify your patterns, and I strongly encourage you to write this down. Get it out of your body, and it's always something that you can come back to and revisit. So you can say, oh, on this day I was upset after work, and I hadn't eaten, and my partner commented on how clean the house was or wasn't right and then the next day maybe it's oh I had lunch but laundry wasn't folded on time and I was already behind and comments were made right like it doesn't matter what it is but just getting that awareness and patterning down is going to be helpful okay step two is feel the emotions Okay, one of my favorite sayings in the world is what you resist will persist, right? If you try to dampen it down and don't feel it and hold everything in and box it up and put it in a corner for another day, another day will come, right? That's when you get these huge explosions. That's when you get the, gosh, you always do this and you always say this and I can never do anything right. That is very, very rarely a one-off scenario. That is bottled emotion, that is repressed, that is resistance sitting in your body until it needs to come out. So one of the best things you can do for yourself and for the situation is sit there and feel it. Sit there and experience what your body is telling you and what it's trying to go through. My stomach is in knots right now, I'm sweating, I'm so angry. I'm shaking, whatever it is, feel the feelings, experience the thoughts, but just try to stay in it. Now, when I say stay in it, I don't mean think thoughts that fuel the fire, right? I was guilty of this for a long time. Don't sit there and crap talk yourself, right? Of course you made that comment. Of course you were in the situation again. Da, 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 da. Don't go in on yourself. Try to take that 10,000 foot observer view and just say, okay, where are we at right now? What am I experiencing? Where are my thoughts going? And sit there and allow that experience to happen. Don't fight it. Don't try to push it away. Don't try to fix it or change it. Just 
sit there and allow your body to experience what it's experiencing, what it's trying to tell you. Okay. Step three is to run the model and get curious. So once you sit in those emotions, chances are an actual emotion can only last for about 90 seconds. That's what we have capacity for in our brain. Will that 90 seconds feel like 90 minutes? Very likely, especially if it's a strong negative emotion. And especially if you're not used to sitting in it and you're used to buffering and getting out of it or changing your state. Right? But if you sit in it and allow it, it will change. It may not resolve, it may not leave, but it will change. And once it's changed, you'll feel it in your body. That's when you can sit there and run the model or get curious. Right? Questions I love to ask myself are, okay, what am I trying to tell myself? What do I need right now? Right? Where can I feel this differently? Where can I feel this the most? Or if you're connecting to more thoughts and having more thoughts, run a model. Right? One thought per model. Don't brain dump and try to figure it out. Just one thought, one feeling. One action, one result. Right? And you can run as many models as you need to. But once you are in that state of observation and curiosity then you can sit and start to run the model okay this is what I'm feeling I can identify that the thought that goes with that is and this is where you're going to start to peel the layers back and really start to see the patterns he thinks I'm stupid my coworkers don't trust my judgment um, I can't do anything on time right like whatever thoughts come up is kind of your subconscious telling you the program it's running on. And if you look at these thoughts, chances are they're not conscious choices being made. It's a backstory on replay. And you can usually track these thoughts from the higher emotion states back. Childhood adolescence, college, early career, like whatever it is, this usually is not the first time you're having this thought. And there are usually other circumstances that you find yourself in that this thought comes up, which is why it's so important to run the model and write this down because you're going to say, hey, I've written this one thought or this similar thought string a lot. Like, I don't think people think I'm competent quite a bit. Right? Or I think people think this about me and it makes me feel this way quite often. And you'll start to notice patterns because it is that subconscious crap coming up. And that's what you have to address. That is the toughest part to get to and what you have to sit through the emotion to find. Because if you sit in your emotion and try to fix things and change things from that higher activated state it is always going to be an outside circumstance well they said this to me they make this comment every time I have to pick up after my coworkers. my kids do this that and the other if you're in that high emotion state and aren't 
looking at the root of it and allowing yourself to get past the external trigger, you're going to find the internal cause. Right? Because we talked about the model last week and you know no one can make you feel anything. Which is super powerful and I want you to hear that. No one outside of you can make you feel anything. You get to decide every experience you have. And we know that from the model. Right? People can say things to you and you can be in situations that trigger a really fast or strong emotion. But at the root of that is a thought that caused it. We have over 60,000 thoughts a day. 80% of those are on automatic replay. They are not conscious. Think about that. That's wild. And it can get to the point where it feels like people or things or life or work or family can cause turmoil and really strong big emotions but the best news I have for you is that you always get to decide how to feel and how to process and how to either react or respond to any given circumstance any situation you have a choice it may not always feel like it and for some of you it's going to take a lot more work to get there and understand that than others but that's okay. That's why you're here. You're here listening to this because something's got to give. Something in your life needs to change and you want to figure out what it is. Ladies and gentlemen, whoever is listening, this is it. You get to decide and you get to do it on purpose. Run the model. Sit with your thoughts. Allow the experience. Get curious about it without judging yourself, without adding extra crap on top of what your body is already going through physiologically. It's going to have its automatic patterns. It's going to operate how it always has because you've never gotten to the root to say, oh, this is why. This is what I get to sit with. This is what I get to look at. It's deeper than your triggers. It's deeper than the coworkers. It's deeper than your partner commenting on your housemaking skills or dinner or whatever it is. It's always deeper and it always comes back to you and how you're processing things. And I don't want you to use this against yourself. This is not a, of course it's me. It's always me. This gets to be powerful. This gets to be an, oh, it's me. It's always me. I get to decide from here. So getting back to the steps. The third step is to run your model and to get curious on why you feel what you feel and why it comes up, where it comes up, all of, all of your patterns. Step four is to really allow the experience and to... Almost just try to understand yourself, right? 
my guess is a lot of you are really, really, really great at giving other people advice and you can hold space for other people and be really kind and gentle and understanding with them, but it's the opposite when it comes to you. You should have your stuff together. You should be able to figure it out. You don't need help. You're the strong friend. Like all of these things. But imagine your best friend is coming to you with these emotions and all the previous work from all the other steps that you did. You wouldn't throw it in their face. You wouldn't be like, wow, that's really crappy. Right? You'd be like, okay, this makes sense. That's one of the questions I love asking myself is why does this response or why does this reaction make sense? Oh, because I've been operating on this protocol for so long. Because this is such a recurring thought. Because I've not found safety within myself. Because I walk around perpetually activated and angry and looking for things that I have to protect myself from. People, in my opinion, always and only do the best they can in their given situation. Doesn't make excuses for any of the terrible, nasty things going on. That's not what we're talking about. People act in their own self-interest 90% of the time. Right? So crabby people, really, really mean, rude people, self-protection. Doesn't make it right? No. Doesn't make them more pleasant to be around? No. But if you can get curious and allow the experience and say, okay, this makes sense for some reason to my body and my brain, what is it? And just sit with that for a while. And I encourage you to do this unless you have like a really safe space to do this with people, to just sit with yourself. Because if you're like me, you're constantly busy. You always have some music, always have some noise, always on your phone, working, doing things, tidying up, and you very rarely take time to be still. This is where I encourage you to do that the most. It's uncomfortable, you'll feel fidgety, and you'll go through 19 different things that you need to clean that you've never thought about in your life. (laughs) It's your brain trying to get back to its regularly scheduled programming, which is what you're trying to interrupt. So it's so important to just sit with yourself allow the discomfort, and allow the experience. Okay. Step five, final step, is you get to learn to respond safely. And that means safely for you, safely for others, so they're not on the receiving end of your wrath, right? But responding safely can look like a lot of different things. If you're in a space that you have a partner or a friend that you can share what you're going through with, you're, you can share the experience, Right? Brene Brown did a special where she communicates with her husband by saying, the story I'm telling myself is, you don't think I can do this. I'm struggling with my self-worth here, right? Like, if you're in the space and you've calmed down enough and it's safe emotionally, you're welcome to share the experience. Like, hey, I really want to be reactive right now, but this is what I'm experiencing in my body. And that's going to take time. That's going to take time. That's going to take practice. It's going to take vulnerability. But if you're in the spot and have the people to do that, it can be one of the most powerful things to do if they can hold the space for you, right? Don't share with someone that's going to throw it back in your face. Don't share it with someone that you don't feel confident and comfortable with. Like there's a bit of practice that comes with that. Um, But one of the ways you can respond safely is to share what you're going through. 
Another one can be set boundaries. Hey, I'm not comfortable with this topic right now. I'm doing a lot of work on myself. I'm going to remove myself from the conversation. Or I'm not comfortable speaking about that right now. We can do that at a later time. Or not at all. Right? A boundary is not... A boundary is not manipulating other people into doing what you want. It's explaining to them how you will respond to the unacceptable behavior. Right? So it's not you have to do this or I'm leaving. It's a, hey, I'm not comfortable with this conversation. If you if you guys want to discuss it, that's fine. I'm going to step outside. Or if we can't discuss this in private or in a calm manner, we need to do it at a different time. Right? It's not changing someone else's behavior. It's telling them how you're going to respond to something that's not okay for you. Okay? We can do a whole episode on that. But you can set a boundary or you can practice a reaction technique. The grounding, the counting to 10, deep breaths, saying we can revisit this in five minutes. I just need time to myself. And this is my favorite one at first because it's so, if you're like me, it's so hard to get out of that reaction state. And sometimes it just feels good. You're like, I can annihilate you verbally, emotionally, psychologically. Like you're really good at being reactive. (laughs) And it can be the easy thing to do it can be your go-to so when I first started doing this a lot of what I did was I am not in the space to respond to this right now I need five minutes and I'd leave the room and then I'd come back in five minutes right or I would say I just need one second I have to control my emotions and it's so interesting I was having a conversation and used this technique at one point And the person I was having the discussion with said, you're talking to me like a child. And I was because I wasn't talking at them. It was how I was trying to control myself, right? Because in that moment, I was fired up and I was activated. And so I was speaking in a way that was calming and securing for me, but it did come off as patronizing, right? So then I had to come to that and say, okay, I I hear you. I was, that wasn't my intention at all, but I hear what you're saying. I was trying to calm me down. And once that was said, we were able to progress and move forward in a way that both of us knew where each other were. I knew when I spoke like that, that person took it in a certain way. So I was able to calm myself down and say, okay, I see what you're saying. I understand talking at you like that felt X, Y, and Z. I was trying to calm myself down. I can do that in a different way, right? So however you need to start doing it, I just encourage you to start. You're going to feel that reaction, that gut instinct, and you're going to want to jump on it. But I want you to be aware that that's your body telling you it feels threatened. And there's a lot of grace and space and comfort and safety that you can find within yourself when that happens. Right? Because if no one can make you feel bad, no one can make you feel good. Right? And that's when we can jump down 18 rabbit holes. But it's always, always, always coming back to your thoughts. 
you feel threatened in one scenario, it's your thoughts about the situation. You feel safe and comfortable in another circumstance, it's your thoughts about the situation. Right? Like you and your body and your brain are all you have. Yes, you probably have a great support system around you. Or if you don't, at the end of the day, you decide how you experience life. Which is scary and annoying and fun and exciting all at once. Right, so this episode is meant to encourage you to be kind and careful and gentle with yourself. You're doing the best you can, but now with these tools, you get to start to do it differently. And I am so excited to see and hear what that looks like in your life. Okay, so that's today's episode. As always, if you want to dive deeper into these topics or figure out what that means for you in your life, reach out. We'll jump on a discovery call. I'm currently taking private clients, but if you're not at that point yet, I hope this episode finds you where you are and gives you what you need. Okay? That is it. I will talk to you next week.